0: And there goes the encoder. And we are good to go.
1: Welcome once again. Thank you for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show. We made it all the way up to episode 367. Thank you for hanging out with us. We are broadcasting.
0: Do you ever just stop podcast. and think how crazy that is, Bob? Yeah, like, seriously? Do you ever, like, just, like, we've been doing this for over seven years now. And, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, sorry. Carry on.
1: no, no. Uh, this is Bob the Sales Guy. That is Dave the Geek. Randy who do the twitters is doing the Twitters. Find us online, it and the D.com. Do us a favor, give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts our soul
0: hey um and events go figure uh we're not having any uh in fact i'm pretty sure the way things are looking uh and everything we've heard from fred uh who was queued up to come back here pretty shortly um you know uh in, in fact we've i don't know i don't know about you bob but we've had the uh apparently the first teacher um at the high school in the area here pop positive uh and a kid uh in my uh in my in my kid's middle school uh pop positive so here we go. Yay. Good times.
1: Not to start off a little somber, but I just uh hearts and uh, prayers to the entire Dieters family, uh Jim Dieters, oh. the owner of my corner bar, Duffy's Pub, uh passed away last week. Uh really sad. The whole neighborhood kind of got together uh social distanced <laughs> appropriately, uh, but said their peace. and uh yeah, it was pretty sad. But yeah, hearts out to uh the entire Dieters family. Uh piece of my uh piece of my neighborhood kind of you know wiped clean. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think there you've got a, a plaque on a bar stool there, don't you? I mean, that's you know,
1: <laughs> oh, a couple. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, well, hey, we uh, <laughs> we are uh, joined tonight uh, by Bedrock Detroit uh, or Bedrock. Uh, you guys, you know, obviously, if if you're in the area, um, you, you know who Bedrock is. Um, and and we are always obviously fans of good things going on in and around the city. So, hey, uh, Leona, Jeremy, thank you for joining us
2: tonight. Thank you,
3: thank you for having us. Maybe. No, of course. So glad. Well, I guess I'm going to speak for myself. I'm
2: glad. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad too. It's nice to be here. Glad to uh, be able to have this platform to to speak on some to speak on some of the things that we're doing around the city as an organization.
0: Yeah, so I mean, let, let's dive into that because I, I was actually talking uh, with a few folks over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, you know, whether it was our show hosts or just whoever, just talking about you know this and you guys and, and what's going on, um, and a lot of them aren't aware of of all the things that Bedrock is doing, um, and and so I guess let's let's skate across a few and then and then deep dive where we need to. Um, first and foremost, I know you have this uh, open business directory that's out at bedrockdetroit.com, um, so let's talk about that and 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 what you got going on there and what that's that's all about
2: yeah absolutely so uh, bedrock for those who might not know we're a real estate and developing company uh, one of the largest located in the city of detroit we do a lot of uh, philanthropic efforts to uh, really just um, bolster up the city and where we live and work and play and um and so as as part of those efforts as our uh as our company tries to help businesses rebound from this from this launch, we've we've tried to kind of we we've kind of tried to solve for one major problem that people have right now. And it's just understanding which businesses are open versus which ones are closed. You know, the worst thing to do is to try to call your favorite restaurant and realize they're not there. Um, or worse, show up. Or, absolutely, or, or show up on the <laughs> spot and, uh, and and have to drive back in the other direction because you know you weren't able to get the services or, or uh, food that you were looking for. So uh, one of the easiest steps to overcome some of that was to create this open business directory, which lists all the businesses that have reopened since that initial shutdown back in March. And uh, on there, we've populated about a hundred businesses, uh, every, everything from uh, restaurants to retailers, to service industries um, that's open right now. So, it, you know, saves a lot of people, a lot of, Hustle and bustle by just being able to click online and, and see which businesses in the Bedrock portfolio are open and operating these times.
0: So, and I, and I did, I went and took a look, and, and it's, it, it's good information. The, the one thing, I will tell you, of course, I'm a, I'm a geek, so I have to find these things. The one thing I would love to see on this is like a category sort. Like, so you've, you've got it, you know, There, you've got all partially open, open and, you know, parking available and that kind of stuff. Being able to sort by, hey, I'm looking for restaurants, I'm looking for whatever else, like specifically, would be perfect. I mean, not like it's not a huge list to scroll through, but, you know, we live in an instant gratification society and I just want to click, click, click and done. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. Well, and I know um, like one of the things that I'd heard early on that I don't think uh, got a whole lot of play is like you guys, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, basically renegotiated a lot of your rent structures with your tenants as well to help them stay open during all this, which was a huge thing, I thought.
3: Yeah, Dave, I'll jump in there. Um, I mean, working for this company, and that was a time where you really were able to see how our team was able to come together and pull together some resources to really jump in for our tenants that we knew were going to be suffering, um, the various levels of the executive order that were closing down businesses. And so that weighed rent, expenses, parking fee, fees for our re- many of our retailers, our first four retailers, um, April, May, and June. Um, and so not that we did it to be the first, but, but it just so happened that we were kicking ourselves into high gear. What can we do, and what can we do right now, um, knowing that we were going to have businesses that were calling to say, "I'm, I'm a gem. I'm, I'm closed. I, I will not have any income coming in, any yeah. revenue coming in." So it was, it was great to be a part of it. Um, so there was wave one of that, right? So yeah. stop it, and so just think of that as a property management company. Um, you know, we get our revenue through the collection mm-hmm. of. And knowing that we had to say the right thing to do at this time was to take care of our city, to take care of our tenants, to take care of these business owners, Um, and so that was just wave one. And so then we issued wave two of it. So we weren't even done yet because we started to see that COVID was not letting up. We were not going to get back.
0: (laughs) It it wasn't going to be a not a two week flatten the curve and we're all good thing. No, it didn't. did not turn out that way. No. Yeah, it's it's not it's not magically disappearing anytime soon. No matter how bored people are with it, no.
1: Right, and so you don't want it disappearing.
0: Yeah, Bob's theory is it disappears the day after the election. That's that's Bob's.
1: Theory. If my husband was
2: in here, he would
3: just be over me. I told you so, right? So that's his uh, conspiracy theory. So Bob, I. Can appreciate you saying, <laughs> you saying <laughs> uh,
1: but, but don't say it too
2: loud. I only say it because it's.
1: I only say it because I think it's funny not because I believe it. <laughs> <for> the record, <laughs>
3: right, right. I believe it to be one hundred percent factual, and that's why I say it. So, so because we didn't see. You know, I mean, COVID is still around. Businesses are open, but not
0: open-ish. Yeah,
3: like, like open-ish, right? Where you have to have a directory, and businesses are saying we're here, but we can't be here at full capacity. We don't have the staff. I mean, just drive around any neighborhood, every restaurant, every retailer has their hiring signs. Everybody is hiring. Yeah. Um, and so just the idea of staffing, even if they wanted to, many businesses can't. Um, people are afraid. People, people, you know, just are, are, are don't have the capacity to get. There's so many things that impact that. So as a as a as a landlord, we said, okay, we couldn't just make this through June because what about the rest of the year? Um, our businesses are still being impacted, and so um, we continue to monitor the the guidelines, the executive orders. What do we need to do? But but many of this has gone through the end of the year where businesses have been to been able to apply to get their deposits back, to rent relief, wow. all sorts of amazing things um, in this program that and, and we didn't launch it and then say hey we we did this and now you have to come to us we literally put a campaign out to connect with our tenants to make sure that they knew about it so it wasn't just a thing that we did and the tenants had to just come to us we went to the tenants and you had our property management team reaching out to them talking them through this rent relief and this structure so it, it was something very phenomenal to, to to witness and to be a part of
1: so we've been talking about you know one of the biggest scares to after COVID is going to be uh the turn of uh, commercial real estate i mean obviously this is your guy's business i mean how how, how is this talked about constantly all day in, in in your office i mean i think it has to be you no know, am i wrong you know am i wrong
3: yeah i mean there <laughs> unlimited zoom calls about um and just commercial real estate the the entire industry i'm a part of a a real estate leadership group. And that's one of the things that we talk about is what does real estate look like, um, post COVID and, you know, everybody is trying to forecast, but we're all living through something that we don't know. And so the best thing that we can do is be prepared to pivot, um, pay attention to, um, the safety guidelines and how they're rolling out and work try to be creative. Like that's really what it's about. So not just commercial real estate, but you see just businesses all over having to figure out how to pivot their business. You see small businesses, especially in Detroit um, that are figuring out they were only brick and and mortar that now have to do online that had never thought about it before. Um, Business owners figuring out shipping and logistics with their online products. Um, We had downtown where we had the curbside pickups because you know, restaurants that, you know, you can only come in and order now had to figure out how do we continue to keep our doors open? And and so all of these different things that we all are having to tap into that that are creative, that are outside of our comfort zone, but but this is where COVID is pushing us to so that all of us, bedrock and small businesses and retail alike, can come out on the other side um, somewhat uh, somewhat whole.
0: I'm I'm curious, and
1: I was I was I mean, going to say I'm 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 off
2: of uh, Liana there. You know, it wasn't enough just to provide that rent relief. Uh, we also there were so many services that were being offered by so many different entities from uh, the city level, the state level, and the national level. Um, and so, in addition to that rent relief, we also um, kind of consolidated uh, these loan efforts and other resources that were available to small businesses in the city and helped to educate some of our tenants in addition to uh, just providing that relief, too. Uh, Because, again, the relief was about sustaining, not closing your doors, having some capital to continue to operate. But it was those resources that were really going to pull them into the future and get them through this uh, indefinite pandemic. And so, um, you know, we, we really tried to take this holistic approach to the the rent relief and some other efforts that we've been uh, executing and that just that was an additional one that went along hand in hand with the with the rent relief program. So
0: I'm I'm curious and and if you if you don't that's fine I'm just wondering if you've managed to capture any statistics or data about bedrock tenants versus other tenants in the city like like is is what you're doing proving to be that much of a boon that like you know hey Bedrock tenants have a, a you know a, a twenty thirty whatever you know percent greater chance of having made it through this because I mean every every day there's another story about such and such restaurant I mean hey, the 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 news just broke yesterday that the majestic the entire majestic complex is up on LoopNet um and, and so you know is is like have you guys managed to figure out like you know uh like, how that's working out for your tenants?
2: So one of our uh, yeah one of our approaches was to. Uh, not just take care of the people who continuously uh, operate within our spaces, but it was it was again this holistic approach about small businesses across the city of Detroit. Cool. So in the very beginning of this, once we started to to roll out some of these programs for uh, bedrock tenants, we also partnered with the city, who uh, was developing a program called Detroit Means Business, mm-hmm. and so we sort of lent some of our efforts to that with the creation of some of these. Uh, really imaginative programs that you know these unique times call for unique and <laughs> drastic. Uh, very
0: much uh, so, implementation yeah.
2: Implementation of things. So we've been working with the city and with small business chambers and with different commerce uh, chambers of commerce to ensure that you know it's not just bedrock tenants who have success throughout this, but tenants all across the city of Detroit. I mean, very cool is one of the. Um, it's like the mecca for small businesses and, and, you know, thriving all throughout the country. You know, you can talk to a a myriad of people across a lot of different regions in the country. And they will tell you that um, the the business community here for small businesses, for minority owned businesses, for women owned businesses is really great. And that's much in part due to the, uh, the community aspect of Mm -hmm. those things, you know, Detroit really rallies behind uh, that, that sort of underdog and, attaches itself to that fighter story because it just embodies the the whole personality that Detroiters have had uh, for centuries and so um, I think we just we wanted to kind of fit in where we could along those lines and, and again it's about um, you know bedrock doesn't do well if the entire city of Detroit doesn't do well we're we're in this constant fight to uh, attract tenants from across the country to come to this city to prosper like other people have in this city and and part of that we know as an organization is, is making sure that uh, we rise the tide because it lifts all boats at that point.
3: And I'll, I'll add in today, just some, some anecdotal, you know, information and, and experiences that I've had with business owners um, in our portfolio and business owners, you know, not in our portfolio mm-hmm. that, you know, there is definitely um, a marked difference in uh, being in a bedrock property in which You know, we were able to provide rent relief and 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 some that that are not. So, you know, I think that looking at it in terms of if they survive, um, what what I would more say is that if they don't survive, it's not because they couldn't pay their rent. Right. Right. There are definitely other mitigating factors that are going to.
0: Oh, there are. I mean you've got supply chain issues you've got rising prices on raw materials you know everything from you know food to whatever else I mean it's it's not easy to be running any kind of business right now
3: Absolutely and 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 while um you know so so one of the things that we did with this is said you don't have to worry about rent right there's so many other things that business owners are worrying about are concerned about <laughs> Um, that worrying about rent, we were able to say, focus on these other things, and, and, and we are partners in your business in this case. So, so you know, I don't think that it's going to make the, the, the sole and only difference in whether they survive post-COVID, but, but we know right now it is a huge burden off of the backs of, of um, tenants and, and anywhere where there are landlords that have the ability to consider looking at lease structures and rent structures that can help the businesses survive post COVID it's only going to be better for the landlord because the cost of bringing in new tenants and tenant build outs and all of those things will far exceed, um, uh, the idea of working with your existing Mm -hmm. tenants that are committed to their business. And so that's really what we focused on.
1: So are you guys sharing, this is something that I don't know. I don't know the commercial real estate business at all. Um, Are you guys sharing best practices, meaning like if you have 10 restaurants and six of them shifted a little bit during Corona right, and are doing things very well and they're profitable and you have four of them that are struggling, are you sharing best practices or is that an ethics thing? Because I would assume that the ones that are doing well don't want to share, but you're talking about rising all the boats. So I'm like, where, where do you guys fall into that? I'm just curious as to how that plays. I
3: yeah, I can, I can
1: speak. Oh, go ahead, go
2: ahead, Jeremy. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I can speak a little Android. bit about that. <laughs> um, our, our tenants have uh, built in a network with one another. So they're in constant communication. And, you know, just as much as the restaurant A is successful, they also don't want to be next to a boarded up building if the tenant has to leave. Right. You know, so uh, those things come into play when, when people are looking at the success of it all. And we, you know, what we as, as Bedrock try to do is to create a unique mix of tenants. You know, we put, we put local and national retailers right next to each other. So if someone's coming down to visit the Nike store, you know, they might also visit, uh, you know, Flowers for Dreams, which is a, a local uh, flower mm-hmm. company. And so we try to pair those places that are right next to each other. And so what you don't have is this myriad of uh, competing businesses along the same block. Um, So it doesn't hurt the uh, high end Italian restaurant to share some of its secrets with the, uh, you know, Middle Eastern restaurant right around the corner in order to uh, just help those those places sustain. So we do encourage our tenants to speak with one another. Um, They often do. And what you get is just this really tight knit network of owners who um, they're all sharing the same struggle right now and trauma bonding is, is a real thing. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, I don't, I don't think there's a business out there that isn't hit by this.
2: Right. Now, yeah. do you have any, uh, any
1: cool pivot stories? I, I was talking last week about this restaurant in New York that went from being a high-end steakhouse to, uh, pre-packaging chops and mailing mm. them and doing YouTube channels with your know, recipes and cooking. Um, I, I thought it was, a, and they tripled their business. Go, go figure. I, um, are there any, any cool stories of uh, places that just completely 180 on their business model and, and flourished?
2: So maybe not a complete 180, but uh, one of the coolest things that I've seen so far is uh, a woman by the name of Melissa Butler, who is the owner of Lip Bar. And it's a cosmetic, um, a cosmetic brick and mortar. Really great story of a young woman who uh, started this business a little while ago. A lot of people saw her on Shark Tank, and uh, she didn't have the best showing on there because a lot of the sharks didn't believe in her product. But, you know, she didn't give up. And what she did was, you know, she just opened this brick-and-mortar store uh, last year uh, in Parker's Alley right downtown in Detroit. And so she's been, at the beginning of the pandemic, what she did was she turned to YouTube and Instagram and Facebook to start making makeup tutorials. And then she would bring celebrities on with her to do makeup tutorials. And then she actually, just uh, a week or two ago, launched a new lipstick with the former first lady, Michelle Obama. Um, and so, you know, these connections that she's been able to establish have really been able to uh, just increase her sales. I think she had a, um, a product endorsement from Beyonce even earlier this summer, too. So, <laughs>
0: that, that won't hurt. No, that, that won't I hurt at all. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Beyonce and Michelle Obama in the same year. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's not going to be a bad thing. No. Uh-huh.
2: So Beyonce, which one? Which one? Uh, <laughs> uh... But but to see the way that you know she's still been able to hustle and grind and and uh, make things happen during this unprecedented time, during this time when a lot of businesses are looking to pivot but don't necessarily have the most successful formula to do so. Uh, Melissa Butler and the Lit Bar have really been a shining example. of Really, how to come out of this right ahead?
0: Yeah, I remember her from the Hatch Detroit contest uh, a couple years back.
2: Yeah, they always say she, uh, she two, two things. that
1: never. Uh, they, they always say two things that never die in a recession: is alcohol and vanity. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be room for over- that.
0: Everyone wants to look good and, or think the other person looks good. That's, that's how that react.
3: <laughs> and, and I was thinking about one, uh, Dave, as, as you asked that question, um, a good friend of mine, Latricia Wilder from Vibe Ride. So this okay. is a gym. Gyms were hit hard uh, during the pandemic yeah. and she went virtual. So she was offering online classes um, and did really a really great job in trying to keep her staff, um, employed and engaged, and then since she's been able to open because she is a cycling um, and spin studio, she takes her bikes and they're outside. So when you go and you still and so that you're not indoors and in this enclosed space down there on Randolph, she takes all the bikes and, and all the and puts them outside, so you can go out there and have a socially distanced outside spin session. Um, and so that's just been, that's been, just another, the same thing, um, citizen yoga doing, um, outdoor yoga sessions and, and, and vibe riders doing, you know, aerobic sessions outdoors. So, um, even, even with a different industry, even with the fitness industry that was hit really, really hard,
0: um,
3: they've been having to think really, uh, creatively about ways to engage people. Um, because I mean, I don't know about you, you, you know, you may not have gained the COVID-15 or. Or twenty or fifty, like I did. But.
0: Yeah, let's let's go ahead and call it fifteen. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's just go ahead and call it fifty. Yeah, we're gonna round down. We're gonna
3: round down on that. <laughs> but but to see the way business owners um, are are having to pivot, and and I just want to go back. Jeremy talked about Detroit means business, and when I think about Bedrock, how we are really committed. So it, it, it's not just in word, but Bedrock is also. Um, uh, contributed a number of team members, including myself, that have been supporting the Detroit Means Business uh, effort with the various stakeholders from DTE, the city, um, all of the different philanthropic entities from TechTown to NEI um, and uh, the DGC supporting this effort. And every week, we are on the phone talking about what we can do. And so we went from emergency response in the beginning to get businesses open and now we're looking at sustainability right so how do we help these businesses pivot Um, i was just on a call earlier today and we're talking about you know what we can do to bring uh, access to capital and how we can uh, encourage the different financial institutions to look at different criteria for some of our most vulnerable and underserved businesses so this this is stuff that's just going on every day we're constantly thinking about the Detroit business ecosystem and specifically the most vulnerable, which are, you know, the, the most vulnerable and the and the, the most difficult to start and get capital, which is minority owned for um, sure. Even women owned businesses. So they're the hardest to get off the ground and get capital to get funded, but they're the they're the first sacrifice in, in, in situations like this where where COVID is. And so we're always talking, every day talking about what we can do.
1: So you brought up an interesting point of what you know, going outside with the cycles and, and going outside with yoga. Um, winter's coming up very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks, Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. Yeah.
1: Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but what's uh? I guess what's on everybody's mind is there any uh? Is there any you know million dollar ideas floating around on how to uh? On, on what we can do about this thing.
3: I'm gonna say, I think everybody is, the week, you know, as I think about that, just trying to get to the next big idea, right? Like, they, it is like, what is the next big idea that's going to come through that's going to help the business to sustain? And so, I, you know, I think many people are hoping that the that that COVID continues, that goes down and the executive order continues to um, to. Uh, to, to let up on some of the restrictions on some of these, these businesses. Um, but, but I think that it's just like, what is the next big thing? And people are just trying to get through this phase. Um, so when you think about gyms and, and small gyms, especially downtown gyms, I don't think we've come up with the answer to that yet because just doing outside is, is we think they, they're just getting through that. And, and for many of them, um, uh, I don't. I don't think we've even crossed that bridge yet, because that that I think that gets into another phase of of having to reckon with this is a thing that I can't I can't fix I can't solve for, and so um, I'm really going to say that I think many of them are just trying to ride the wave. But where we are right now,
0: yeah, I mean that's uh, you know I've seen a number of bars and restaurants that have gone you know they've built patios or they you know they've you know they've they've, they've built stuff out and, and and it's and it's great. You know, as Bob said, you know we're this is Michigan. It is about to be October. Yeah, and I think you know everybody that I've talked to is kind of in that you know hoping for the best, and you know we'll you know hey we're gonna you know we're looking at building a roof out here. We're looking at you know heating lamps and all that kind of stuff, and we're you know we're looking to do whatever we can to kind of keep that you know that progress moving forward. But, oof.
1: Well, you know, let's put igloos outdoors they're $3,500. Let's not put igloos outdoors.
0: Yeah. Well, and more of the point. And then you've got to have somebody completely sterilize the thing after each party is inside one of those. And how cost effective is that?
3: How cost effective is that? And and, and then, it, you know, I mean, I, I just think that we have not even gotten into the, the level of worry that some businesses might begin to have as they begin to think about the winter. I, I really think that you know, for for many, and I would even say myself, it's like let's just let me just have a moment to breathe right now because even the thought of going through the next phase of this can be a bit overwhelming. And so when we even we talk about the idea of trauma bonding or the level of stress and anxiety that it takes and, and upon a business owner to even think about how to now pivot again, like let's yeah. just not call it pivot. Let's just say I'm just going around and ring around the Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we're, you know, we're dedicated to uh, helping these businesses survive. It's, you know, we're, I won't say we're lucky, but, but to have had this happen when it, when it did going into the warmer months when we could adjust and and still do things outside, um, you know, it kind of set the table for some of the things that we can execute on uh, as we move into winter. We've, we've, we've had the opportunity of, Trial and error for the last few months, and now we move into this phase where we try to take what did work and and transition it to a time when we know we're not going to be able to be outside doing these things. Right. Um, people are still going to want to get outside during the winter. They're still going to want to try to make it feel like the holiday season. Um, you know, there's still going to be ice skating downtown. There's still going to be, you know, the uh, the Christmas tree in Campus Marshes Park, and we're still undertaking some beautification efforts where. You know, even if you're not going out to to an event or to a ball game or something with your family or to a concert, you can still get out and, you know, get in that festive mood. And and we're hoping to uh, have people capitalize on that 50% occupancy rate that's currently in place and actually go into some places knowing that, you know, uh, these restaurants and and retailers are doing uh, everything that they possibly can do to keep people safe and to keep people engaged uh,
0: during these times. For sure and and I think that's you know that's a that's a ripple effect point that I don't think a lot of people really take into account is you know you without those you know without the baseball games going on you know without or you know without the you know fans in the stands for football, baseball, basketball, whatever games you don't have those crowds walking around downtown you don't have you know the you know that those pre-game drinks those post you know game drinks that pre-game meal that whatever that a lot of these places have really come to rely on or even just you know the casual you know walk into a store kind of thing it's yeah i mean it's it, it's it's a it's a tough landscape
3: it is but it, but it's also you know to jeremy's point uh what we've been through during this past six months has let us know what we're capable of. Right? Oh, for sure. And when you pull together all of these different entities, and, and here is the thing, that COVID really did not leave space for anyone not to get involved. I mean, you have to have organizations, you had to have philanthropy, you have to have for-profit, you know, everybody had to come to the table with the solution and, 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 and at least trying to attack the solution. And if it didn't work, let's try the next thing. And if that doesn't work, let's try the next thing. And right. That's the one thing I can just really appreciate about being on the teams and in the conversations and Bedrock as we begin to, as we're working on these things, is that that it is never ending. And so when you think about how we, you know, go into winter, we're going to go into it the same way we went into summer, trying to figure it out. Every step of the way, we're going to continuously throw out things until something lands and we begin to see some traction and you have a team of people who are committed to this. And so- just being in that space and being a part of those those working groups and everybody really rallied towards this business ecosystem in Detroit is, is something really phenomenal to see.
0: Very cool. Well, hey, I don't want to take up your entire night. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to hit on that we didn't before we cut you loose and let you go?
2: Uh, one thing for me. Uh, so as we've tried to continue to just get people out and get people downtown to, you know, patronize these businesses and shops. Uh, One of the things that our tenant experience and marketing and communications teams uh, put together was this sort of fun activity. You know, I think people were continuously missing events and things to do downtown. Um, And so we've crafted this downtown Detroit digital scavenger hunt where people kind of, um, you know, they started in Parker's Alley, right downtown. You scan a QR code on your phone. And it'll take you.
0: Bob on. loves QR codes. They're, they're his favorite thing on the entire planet.
2: <laughs> they're back. They're <laughs> back. They've finally proven worth. We know they're antiquated, but uh, hey, n- it's one of the easiest things. That-
0: but they work. They, yeah.
2: And use now. Yeah, no, they're back. They're back. They're back. So, you know, you scan this QR code and then you get uh, a set of clues that'll send you to different retailers within the vicinity. Um, so it's not something that's going to be laborious. It's meant to be fun, lighthearted, and, and enjoyed with your friends and family uh, in a socially distant way. But along the way, you win prizes to different stores. Uh, you get freebies. And once you finish it, you get a $25 Detroit card that's good to use at more than 100 downtown restaurants and retailers and service industries. So, oh, very if cool. If people want to check that out, uh, they can do so by visiting dot bedrockdetroit.com Again, sites and com.
0: QR codes and third-level domains making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. the one, baby. <laughs> Jeremy, I got one last thing. Who's the guy around me that walks around the office saying call me Mr. Flintstone? You know there's one. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to make the... <laughs> few of those guys around man you ah. <laughs> I wanted to call someone out but that's alright you don't have to <laughs> they're
3: the, the virtual office now because there's no more they're Right. memories of offices of
1: past
0: <laughs> right right alright well hey thanks so much for joining us um, and again everybody check out everything that's going on out at bedrockdetroit.com um, and that, that one uh, was sitesanddelights.bedrockdetroit.com absolutely very was. cool all right, well hey, if if that's it, like I said Oh, like I said, if 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 that's all, like I said, you guys are more than welcome to hang out if you would like to. You can cut yourselves loose and and, and take off and, and enjoy the rest of your evening if you would like to.
2: I'm gonna grab myself a drink like you guys have been doing, and then I'm gonna hop right back in.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. See ya.
2: Thanks, Thanks so much, Thanks, Leon. Nevada.
0: Bye. Oh, I hit the wrong button. So
1: speaking of drinking. Speaking of drinking, I think we have... uh Quite possibly the greatest drinking game known to man happening tomorrow.
0: Hey, before, before we dive into that, hold on just a sec. Um, hey, so uh, Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. Uh, that's why they created Eno, the Capital One assistant that looks out uh, for surprise credit card charges like over tipping, duplicate charges, or potential fraud, and then sends an alert to your phone. And that helps you if you need to fix them. It's another way that Capital One is watching out for your money when you are not. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details.
1: So uh let's see, speaking of drinking this whole time um I think tomorrow we're going to have the greatest uh
0: I am going to be annihilated by 917 p.m. that's my official over under
1: What's tomorrow So there was there was a presidential, presidential debate, debate. There's a few floating around. I think Dave, you did the best one. Some of them are like there. Some
0: of them are super hyper partisanal, and I don't like it because it's you know, oh if Biden says something stupid. oh, If Trump says something stupid, no, it, this is an equal opportunity. They're both going to be idiots, and we know they're both going to be idiots. So let's let's make sure we we are an equal opportunity drinking game.
1: I like the one from the Wa- the Washingtonian. Yes, that's how they yes, the Washingtonian. It. It's awful name. Oh, it's a stupid name. Um, but they, they spelled, if he says, China, it just says J-I-N-A.
0: Oh, no, so I love it. Basically, it says, here's the deal. Um, before it starts, everyone has to shotgun a beer. Uh, loser has to lip sync to Christina Aguilera's infamous rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner to kick off the festivities. God bless America.
1: <laughs> so basically, it's, you know, China, COVID, huge water fraud is huge, and we will... Biden will defund the police. and that's then. Then basically when yeah, anytime Biden, Biden says, "Folks, Obama, <laughs> look, <laughs> this average Joe." Um you gotta drink. Oh, this is yeah, there's gonna be a lot of alcohol. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, but then but then and here's where it gets, you know, so then you've got, you know, anytime anybody says the United States of America, um, anybody loses their place mid sentence and completely changes direction. Um any any anytime someone lobs a direct insult at the other one, uh that's that's a drink. Uh you must chug if Biden uses Obama's record as evidence of his own capabilities as a leader, um, or you can no longer follow what Trump is arguing. Uh, take a shot. Finish your drink. That's if funny. um, Biden's eye starts bleeding. Biden's start bleeding. Yep. Um, or Trump describes his financial records and history with the IRS as perfect. <laughs> and
1: then there's a bingo card too. Yeah, they, they they've gone all out on this one.
0: They uh, so this this is the site I always pay attention to when it comes to uh, like like these kind of things because they like they're very equal opportunity. Screw you both. Like this is yeah.
1: Washington and hopefully Randy can put it on the Twitters if you found it already. yeah, uh, I did would appreciate that.
0: Um, and hey I do I want to give a quick shout out um, uh, just because you know the memories have been bubbling up over the last day or two um, and our boys uh, Charlie and Terry um, are doing TEDx Detroit um, again on Wednesday and it is completely virtual and it is free um, and so you should uh, if you get the chance check out their this year they spread it out because it is all virtual um, so go check them out they're at TEDxDetroit.com good guys doing their thing um, I think this is their 12th year if i recall correctly uh yeah
1: well here's the thing i used to i mean back when i used to have to work from home and couldn't get a ticket i used to watch it virtually
0: well and, and, that was, and uh, dude that was still one of the highlights of my life i mean especially over the last few years was you and i up on stage doing that
1: i can't believe we got through that in one piece
0: i can't believe we made it out of temple bar in one piece <laughs> well
1: that was the uh <laughs> no, that was the me trying to tell another story, and you telling me to, to stop talking. Hey, that was
0: that was the rule. So if, if you guys have never seen our TED talk, you absolutely should uh, go go search on. Uh, basically, I, I, well, we've got it. It's it's on the IT and the D page. I'll I'll dig it up somewhere and, and throw the link out. But the deal was before we walked out on stage because they have this giant timer at the foot of the stage, and Bob says I am not going to be able to look at that thing without locking up. You're going to have to keep track of time, and I said, okay, that's fine but then you're going to have to listen to my cues. He didn't listen to my cues. Well, we never, there was never a safe word. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a situation where we absolutely needed a safe word. Well, actually, the safe word was the third time I had to go, no, dude, time. And you were like, okay, I will. Die. But, yeah, no, that absolutely was one of the best. You
1: know, we, had seven, we had seven minutes. We went 14. Well,
0: we didn't know it wasn't seven minutes each. I mean, just... No. <laughs> that was that we didn't we didn't know it, it wasn't our fault.
1: I I still never seen the text wall that Billy says he still has of uh, how do we get these guys off his <laughs> Oh, he
0: showed it to us that day. You just weren't paying attention then. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, you might as Yeah, we were all we were both kind of riding a high at that point. Um,
1: so we uh, so I finished Ratchet this weekend. That was interesting. I've heard mixed things about that.
0: So it's 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 so, yeah, it's ratchet, not ratchet, right?
1: It's not ratchet.
0: Yeah, it's nurse ratchet, yeah.
1: I never I don't say wretched, whatever how the hell it's pronounced. Um so <laughs> here's the thing, when you first the first see uh when you see the first episode you're like, eh, American horror story didn't have, have any other episodes for right. like these two clowns. Look, that's why I hate when they you know, cast people She's great, Sarah Paulson. I mean, she's yeah. phenomenal in this role. Um, the dude's good, too. So it's like, when um, I've never seen One One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, really? But like, no, I, I just started watching it before, like an hour before this, because I'm like, I don't know what the hell it's about. It sounds like, a, you know, that's a little whorehouse.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of the Jack Nicholson classics. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's one of those, you know, yeah. I had no idea what it was about, but I'm going to watch it now. It's funny. What? 47 years later. Now I'm going to watch it. Right. Um, but you know, for everything going on with Netflix, it's like they could put out seriously, the dog pooping show. I'd be like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> <'Cause there's nothing laughs>
0: binged, else. binged every out. episode in, in a weekend. Yeah.
1: Right. Oh my God. Just that one dog pooped over there. <laughs> like it's getting to that. And that was, you know, you know, what pisses me off by the way. Um, that was Magic Mike's idea to have a website called dogspooping.com.
0: Oh, I remember. I believe
1: he still owns, he still owns the URL. Um, well, what comes across my Facebook feed is a dogs pooping 2021 calendar. For oh, sure. yeah. Um, I'm like, you missed your boat, Mike. There, there's the, the, someone stole your idea the dogs pooping calendar.
0: Yeah. Um, well, hey, but speaking of drinking, um, I guess, so apparently it passed the Michigan house this morning, uh, or today. Um, how do you feel about bars being open till 4am?
1: Um, as a person that's gone to Chicago, his entire adult drinking life, like those nights were,
0: <laughs> they're not good. Like it can't be, it's not good.
1: I guess here's the thing. The only places that are going to be. You're not going to see Duffy's open till four. You're not going to see, you know, casinos.
0: Really, you don't. You don't think the little neighborhood places would take advantage of this more than anybody else?
1: One or two, like it really depends which one. I don't see a Hamlin Pub opening till four. Most of those close at midnight anyway. Right. I see this being a casino play. This is going to be a city club. Um, uh, you know, it's like nightclubs. Where, where's a nightclub that people go dancing? Is that even a thing anymore?
0: Uh, well, I mean, not currently, but like oh, someplace yeah. like Necto or Marble Bar. Or...
1: Yeah, I mean, those things are fewer. Like the the good DJ, yeah, those will take advantage of it. But I don't see it being that big of a deal. I don't know. Rogers Roost isn't going to open till four. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's going to be a casino thing. Um, but holy hell. Oh. When when we went to Chicago and it was four in the morning and they were open till six and then the sun was coming up, those were uh, those were some those were some uh, recuperating next days. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, because I remember going to um, oh my god, the drummer from Smashing Pumpkins was there because I I guess that was his bar. It, um, oh my god, if I can remember the name of this place, best Chicago house music I've ever heard in my life, and we like literally stayed there. When vodka, vodka, Red Bull was just introduced, me and Tulio stayed there till literally six fifteen in the morning, and then like (laughs) we had so much energy, we walked back to our hotel. It's like thirty blocks. Right. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, would you? uh, I, I mean, I'm at the age now. There's no. I, I have a hard time staying up past midnight, dude. Like,
4: I'm a night owl, so I would do it. I wouldn't even necessarily you know start drinking at the same time like i might this if this were to pass i would maybe start
0: even my night later than eight nine ten maybe start at midnight well so and i think that's the thing i don't i don't think you would necessarily see an extension of people's drinking hours i think you would see a shift like you would see like i would assume like a lot of places would get dead between like 10 and midnight that do this and then you'd see that midnight to four rush yeah,
1: yeah. Because I was always the one that started at ten because I knew I had my cutoff issue. Right. <laughs> if I started at six, yeah. if I started at six, I'd be going till two. So you know, that was like... Right. Yeah. But yeah the, you know, here's the thing: the the state needs to do whatever they can do to to, to spur business, whether it's allowing them, you know, getting allowing them to go is is not going to change their business. Um, no. At all. No. Um, closing streets, closing streets, and creating like party zones or, or the uh, drinking or district. Yeah. I, Doing things like that. Um, letting them drink in the street. Like we create like a block. Let us be
0: the- roaming majestic drunken Buffalo through the streets. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. You want to, I mean, but that's going to help the small But That's going to help the small bar owner, the small business owner. Is, yeah, let us let them bend a couple of the rules. Let them smoke in the damn bars if they want to. There. Yeah, dude, at, at,
0: at this point, yeah, just just roll that back and and let people do whatever the hell they're going to do. Uh so hey, actually the big story of today, um apparently a major healthcare provider um around the US and the world uh got a ransom got hit by ransomware. We talked about the Germany story. Uh, I believe it was last week, but this is the first one to really hit high profile in the US.
1: And now
0: it's a Fortune 500 company too. I mean, this is this is one of the big ones. Yeah, this is not small. Uh, so it's Go ahead. So it's uh, it's UHS uh, United Healthcare Systems, um, and they uh, apparently got hit uh, Sunday, um, and people you know basically had their computers shutting down on them. They wouldn't boot up. They were told uh, basically to just leave them off. Don't try to boot them up again. Um, it looks like the and I'm probably going to mangle this pronunciation. It's their uh, Ryuk. Rook, whatever ryUK uh, ransomware that at least it's based on. Uh, and it is encrypting files and locking things down and sending them back to pencil and paper uh, to get things done. And it's only going to be and you know hospitals are turning patients away. they are announcing that they you know they cannot take any incoming patients at this time. they're turning ambulances away. This is going to have an impact on people's lives.
1: Well, now they're going to get every inside sales rep from every security vendor in the U.S. sending them a LinkedIn note, going, "We've helped companies such as yours for the ransomware.
0: We can help you recover from these trying times during this. You know, yeah."
1: <laughs> but like, no, this is like the tweet that came out: Spring Valley Hospital, Las Vegas, can't treat patients. They spelled it wrong, yeah. effectively or efficiently, because computer system went down at 11 p.m. Still down at six uh, six ten p.m. the next day. Yep. The, oh, that, uh, their excuse for not giving me the blood transfusion I needed yesterday.
4: Just clarifying, this UHS is Universal Health Services.
0: Oh, health services. Sorry, thank you. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. To... T-
1: well, wasn't that the the, the, the hospitals were forbidden from the community?
0: It was yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the the gentleman's, the, the gentlemen's agreement among the uh, the hackers that you know they they wouldn't target hospitals because of situations like this, and I guess the gloves are off.
4: I wonder if this is going to fire up
0: some other hacker group to like take out out that. It'd be a very West side story thing.
1: (laughs) They do that. This is they're already in the sites. I I guarantee it that this, this shit's already, uh, um, it's already happened. It's already going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, and uh, yes, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out over the next few days because, I mean, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be pretty. Um, but, I mean, on, on a lighter note, the one story that I, that I truly loved was that apparently some remote village um, has its own, like, closed uh, Internet service provider and, and does its own stuff. And for 18 months, they were having outages starting at 7 in the morning all throughout the day, and nobody could figure out why. They brought in team after team. They like relayed all the cabling. They did all this stuff trying to fix it. They finally brought in the right team that discovered it was this old television that somebody had bought secondhand that when they woke up at seven in the morning, they turned on this old TV that put out just the right interference to take out the entire network. What? It's amazing.
1: My uncle, my uncle. Like my Uncle Tony's spark clicker remote, is that that took down the network? Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: it's a little remote town in Wales. So, you know, not the technology hotspot of the world for sure.
1: Yeah, but still a little uh, TV taken down the. Um, I know the answer to this, but you don't even have to answer me. Uh, Dave, if uh, Facebook paid you to deactivate Facebook for a, a month, would you do it? No. Oh, I
0: know you, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no, well, and so here's the thing, You, you there's no, so yeah, I mean, the, the story came out that, you know, basically Facebook um, and Instagram are putting out offers to people to, uh, to deactivate their accounts um, for $120, and, but the, the the thing is, is you don't know if it's going to be for one week or six weeks, and, and they don't tell you in advance, it's just you, you're going to be off for some undetermined period of time.
4: So do they lock your account, or is it like if you log in, you lose the money?
0: I uh, didn't specify.
1: Would they? Uh, would you do it for ten grand?
0: Oh, why not? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll figure out other ways around it.
1: I do it for free right now with all the wretched shit everybody's posting. Everybody's fighting and arguing and bitching, and it's it's. it's I don't even bother opening it up barely anymore. Like it's not even worth it. It's it's such trash. Um Freaking! It drives, I don't even want any part of it. So yeah, I'll delete it for free. <laughs> if I didn't know how to invite people to my Christmas party without it, I would. <laughs> I would probably get rid of it forever.
0: Oh, was was that back on this year?
1: I don't. I'm. I don't know. I got to walk first. Then we got to figure it all out. Uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm going to a good.
4: I'm not volunteering to help you get upstairs to go to the bathroom at your party.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not that. It's the inevitable, okay, let's get four of us to carry Bob up to bed. <laughs>
1: I still feel bad. I, yeah, I think I farted on Billy when they that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice. Um so I guess uh you know you talked about Netflix earlier. Um I'm 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 less than amused by this, but I know I don't think you ever got into this at all. But the uh the Dark Crystal um Age of Resistance got cancelled uh after only one season, which is sad because I thought they did a phenomenal job with it.
4: Didn't watch it, didn't see the uh the movie. <sighs> Why
1: do they do yeah, more Fraggle Rock?
4: Fans are up in arms.
0: What's that? Fraggle Rock is on Apple TV Plus. See now, why didn't they tell me? See, here's the thing. Like, so I just got done saying that all the ads, all the commercials they ran during Archer, there was nothing, nothing on. Like the six commercials that I saw for Apple TV that looked interesting to me.
4: Well, they don't have. They have some new content, but it's five quick five minute shorts that they started because it started during the pandemic, right? So they don't have a full season in production yet. It's just five. 25 minutes worth of singing. Well, I was all trials. excited
1: because like either, H- either HBO Max or somebody brought out The Muppet Show, and I'm thinking it's The Muppet Show, right? And it's so not. It's everything that it's like... It's not even like the a Jimmy Kimmel show. It's like a. It's it, I, did, I hated it. It's I'm
0: like it's, oh, like it's not, not the old episodes?
1: No, no. It's new. Um, is it HBO Max or is it Hulu? It was somewhere, and I just found it, and I was so excited about it. And it was like... Uh eh, you know, it might be my daughter might like it, you know, my old yeah. one. Um, yeah, it's not for me, and it's not for my younger one. Hey,
0: so, uh, but speak, speaking of five-minute shorts, uh, Randy, we were right um, the, the, when we told you back day one when you first brought this up. It, it Stop trying to make Quibi happen. Qu- Quibi is never going to happen. Yeah, um, I did but,
4: the three-month trial, watched it for like a week. and
0: Yeah, no, so, yeah, so they've, they've been in business for six months, uh, managed to raise and apparently blow through $1.8 billion dollars Billion with a B, billion with a B, uh, and yeah, they're they're looking for a buyer because they're ready to close up shop.
4: Well, the dumbest thing was when it launched; it was phone only, like there was no smart TV app or anything. You couldn't even cast it from you your phone that, to your I said, TV. It was trash. Yep.
1: As soon as you said that, I'm like trash.
4: They eventually gave in or caved or whatever and made TV apps available, but I think it was too little, too late. Plus, the shows I watched.
1: It was the Beastie... Who's the VC that funded them? I'm going to go pitch them next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: it just wasn't compelling content either. Uh, was- uh,
0: yeah, and, and well, I'm sure a lot of that money went was blown on getting all because I mean it was basically just like celebrities doing things, if I recall correctly, um, from yeah. what I read. And so it was probably paying them to to hop on and do these little things. And uh. they had like a,
4: a Sam Raimi horror series where it was like three episodes per story. Set in like one place was set in Michigan, but you wouldn't know it if they didn't like mention the word Alpina or the word Coney. Otherwise it was just generic story. Like there was nothing Michigan specific about it except for some name drops.
0: Uh but hey, uh, you know, compelling content. We kinda touched on this a little bit with the uh with the bedrock folks are on. Um but I loved the article that came out about the teacher complaints um about parents uh in the background or whatever on their kids' uh you know, zooms or go to meetings or whatever else. Um yeah, and apparently a lot of parents are hanging out in the background of their kids' zooms just drunk, um smoking, yelling, whatever. Can we not do that?
1: I can't see how that's a well, see at least like my you know like my my first grader is down in the she's in the kitchen um my older ones are in their own room um but it's like eh, like I, really that stuff's going on like if you know your kids on like zoom with the teacher are you really going to pull out that bottle like
0: uh, uh, apparently okay. yes the the answer is yes <laughs>
1: Well, there's the one the meme with the uh the cute asian girls with the with their bottomless mother doing her makeup.
0: Oh yeah. Her her... <laughs> well, and it's it's yeah, I mean and, and I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, I've, you know, I I I've I mean, I've interrupted my kids uh when they were in a meeting and I didn't know it uh just cuz you know I I was trying to get a hold of them for something or whatever. Um but it's you know, yeah, it's it's not like I would, you know, go walking into it, yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. But apparently it's a thing. Who knows?
4: I mean, some people don't have private places where they can do their classes.
0: Check your privilege, Bob.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. I'm a sore.
4: (laughs) So speaking of content changes, uh, did you see the new announcement that there's going to be a Sam Jackson, Nick Fury series? On disney plus?
0: not where i thought you were going with that but okay
4: no. <laughs> <laughs> he's been a pretty great character throughout the mcu all throughout the
0: series absolutely yeah.
4: so it'll be nice to get a dedicated is it be like did... the channel four show though
0: i would hope not i i would hope disney plus yeah. is going to go more mandalorian with it
4: agents of shield yeah agents of shield was amazing it had a slow start, but by the end, season seven was phenomenal. The last season just aired. Oh,
0: see, so the, don't don't try to don't try to Game of Thrones me. Like, so that was that was my problem. So that was the thing. Like, no, you just gotta power through the first season, and then it gets good. Okay, well, you, the, you just gotta power through the first two seasons, and then it gets good. And then well, well but did you but did, did the the problem with the first season of Agents
4: of the Shield is you had to wait until the movie aired before they could really dive into the story for the second
0: half of the season. Like, oh no, I like they, they, titans, I so. think I watched it through like maybe the the fir- I think I watched it through like the first half of the second season and I was just like, "Eh, I I, I can't keep doing this."
1: At this point, I loved it. it. It's three epis three episodes and I've done like Loveland County or whatever that's called.
0: Oh, Lovecraft?
1: First, first yeah, first episode, amazing. Second episode, what the living hell is going on? Third episode, I'm done.
4: Yeah, I watched the third episode too and it's not any better. I don't get it why i I have no idea how all these things are tied together
1: it was so good the first episode
4: yeah and it's like they don't even they barely remember or barely impacted the characters of what happened in the previous episodes like it's completely start over from scratch at the beginning of every episode i don't get it
0: (sighs) So where I thought you were going when you were talking about content changes, uh, was apparently the, uh, staff, the uh, most, a lot of the higher level staff at Spotify, um, is getting ready to walk out, uh, over Rogan's podcast.
1: If they're not edited or removed.
0: Yep. Well, and, and so the
1: episodes that they, the episodes that they deem that they don't like.
0: Yeah. Which <laughs> good luck with that. Um, yeah exactly
4: well and a weird fit from the get-go like well it's culture versus joe
0: rogan culture it's not a i mean it's not without precedent i mean we we did talk about that when the move happened over to spotify a lot of episodes just didn't make the transition so i mean like they were already choosing to not bring some episodes over and in um but you know this is getting into you know a lot of the you know conspiracy theory stuff, the QAnon stuff, the the right wing stuff that seem you know that seems supportive of it. Uh, they want it all gone, and and I I you know I don't think Spotify, having just paid him a hundred million dollars, um, is going to go. Yeah, okay, we'll 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 completely kowtow to our staff, and 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 we'll just we'll just yeah, no.
1: So I mean, is, they did pay him a million, so they have...
0: they can do what they want
4: because they own Donnelly. it now.
1: He brings on Bernie Sanders. He brings on left wing. He's, you know what I mean? He kind of, he's kind of a pander. You mm-hmm. know I mean, where he just like interviews everybody, doesn't care. Dude, you could have Karl Marx in the flesh interviewed on whatever show. I mean,
0: like, that would be nasty because he's dead. It would, it would be the rotting you know flesh. If he was alive today? It'd be the, yeah. the, the, the walking marks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but like you don't want to ban it just you know if he's gonna you know if he's speaking let him speak like you know, this in this america yeah that oh i'm sorry
0: involved. i thought this was america well and and candidly i mean to your point like that's uh, that's realistically why they paid him a hundred million dollars was because of the huge numbers he was pulling down and because of of, you know, the wide variety of topics and guests and that kind of stuff that he has. So I what, like, it's not like,
1: you know, like, it's not like Bill Maher, where every every six months Bill Maher brings in Jordan, Jordan Peterson, and then like tries to destroy, you know, and the crowds all against him, he tries, right. to, tries to gotcha, you know, Rogan's kind of just the one of the guys with everybody. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think that's kind of great. Like, let him speak. And if also, their ideas uh, are trash, then they're, then they're, then they're trash.
4: Spotify is a uh, Swedish company, so they So know. no
1: more meatballs.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, this is their New York staff, if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah. But, you know. Eh. If, you, if, you were the head of, if you were the head of Spotify, let's say you were going to lose out on, like, your VP of sales and, like, your top 10 devs because of this. What are you saying? You,
0: you can coast for a while while you find their replacements. I mean, it's, it's not... It, it's It's not an insurmountable issue. and i'm and I'm sure you would find yeah. other people to find to fill those roles
1: because I'm listening to Joe Rogan. I'm not listening to Sveg Jugifson, who's coding
0: did <laughs> you Burke you you like, Burke? Yeah, no. and well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, so like, and they did. They listed. I mean, these are all hundred k plus, like because they did, you know. He's, here are the people that are kind of complaining uh, that are you know going through this, and it's you know that are all six figure plus jobs, like they're all one hundred and twenty k, one hundred and fifty k and up. Um, which, granted, you know, in New York City means a lot less than it does here, but still, um, you know, they're they're not they're not bad jobs to have. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure you would find people that could fill it. Um, and then you know, just because we the little South Park aside, um, kids, don't forget uh, the the new episode, the pandemic episode of South Park uh, comes out Wednesday uh at 10 o'clock and is surely going to be amazing
1: <laughs> that's must-see tv if you ever like kids rush into the room because tv's on that's oh yeah a tv um <laughs> i didn't read this but this would be fun what each state should be embarrassed for googling
0: dude so there are there are three that i wrote down there there were a number of them that were amazing. Um, I wrote down Michigan, obviously. Uh, apparently, Michigan people uh, Google excessively, what am I good at? <laughs> the, the hell is Google going to know? Uh, Texas, uh, does my dog love me? <laughs> uh, and
1: then Ohio, does my cat love me? And
0: then Kentucky, how to become a vampire. <laughs> like that's that's somebody who's just finally watching true blood i guess like a lot of people maybe true blood just got there
1: and then uh was baby made from indiana
0: yeah well mm.
1: (laughs) that was um that was just speaking of uh one of my friends uh in their sex ed in junior high a kid asked you know how you write the questions on the on the card right and um, he basically, one of the kids wrote, can you pee in Virginia? Um, <laughs> no. So you thought it'd be a great idea to have like a sex ed book for like, you know, high like high school kids or junior high kids and they have that, the name, can you pee in Virginia? <laughs> I'm like, I'm write that
4: Some of my favorites are, uh, New York velour track suits, New Hampshire. What does Hampshire mean? Yeah. And Nevada guy Fury. <laughs>
1: what does Hampshire mean?
0: uh it, it is the Shire of Hamps. That's yeah, the yeah.
1: <laughs> At California, this is very apropos. How do you how to quit a job? You, you just started.
0: started. Yeah, I did like that one too.
1: <laughs> and then Georgia, where is Africa? <laughs> what?
0: I mean, the county
4: southwest of London in England. By the way, why do I sweat so much? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh God!
4: In Louisiana,
1: right.
0: Um so hey, but uh speaking You're of so
1: Jersey oh, the board spelled
0: Ouija. G. G. <laughs> 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 Mother of God. Um, so apparently it delays. So oh
1: Oh come on! You missed West Virginia. Why is my poop green? <laughs> <laughs>
0: call call the X-Files. Oh, and so speaking of the X-Files, so I mean I've been, I've been talking about this for a while now. Like I've been I've been binging through the old seasons and the movies and that kind of stuff. Um, I forgot how bad the X-Files got when Mulder or David Duchovny like went away from the show for a while. Like I, I love like the guy that plays Terminator two is is fun. Um I, I forget his real name, but he's, he's he's John Doggett on the show. Uh and he was the the, the liquid metal Terminator uh in T two. Um and he even plays on that. Whatever. Uh it's the Lik poly- alloy, liquid metal. Uh and uh but no, so and and he even plays off that. Like there's a like there's a couple sequences, like he's the uh the guy that plays the uh, the scientist that that basically creates Skynet, uh, can't remember his name either. But the the guy who was, uh, the computer dude is in one of the episodes, and they kind of have a little T two riff moment, flashback, Easter egg thing. Um, but yeah, no, still, it's 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 just it's it's not good. So I'm 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 just anxiously awaiting Mulder coming back. Um, but so from a delay perspective, uh, we've been talking about this for a while now, and apparently the Star Wars Lego game, uh, the Lego saga, uh, is not coming out in 2020 or excuse me until 2020, 2021 and so this is the first year in 15 years that there will not be a Star Wars Lego game released.
1: I, you're, you're the only one that knows that there's no way anyone else even knows that or
0: well that was the headline of the article that I shot across to talk about it which said this is the first time a Lego
1: Right, but if you were going to ask any gamer on the street how many Star Wars Legos games there are, oh, I couldn't you tell would you. see like six. Oh, I couldn't even tell Four, you. Four, six, yeah.
4: Another um, first But time speaking cause- of AD- oh, I was going to say, another first time <laughs> was gonna be- causing delays is uh, no new Marvel Cinematic Universe this year, so the first time since 2009 there hasn't been an MCU movie.
0: Yeah, Black Widow is pushed back to May of 2021, uh, which also pushes back uh, Shang-Chi oh, and the, the Eternals, movie. yep. So that entire time.
1: They're opening up movie theaters. They're opening I'm not up going. movie theaters, but what the hell are we going to go see? Like, well, you know.
4: and I'm not going, so it doesn't matter if right. Right. Open you open know, something they're not, or not, uh, I'm not going.
1: All I know is there are going to be a bunch of pissed off kids this Christmas. When I say pissed off, I mean pissed off. Um, apparently, Xbox isn't really good with their naming conventions. And. You know, there was the Xbox One X and then the new one that came out is the Xbox Series X. Well, people and parents and are buying the Xbox One X uh, like they're going out of style uh, because sales are up 750 percent on Amazon. So they're, they're, apparently that just set off red flags that they're buying the wrong one.
0: Yeah, and and I mean it's a uh, great naming convention, Microsoft. Like, I, I don't know, but I mean, I guess on the flip side, what were they going to do? I mean, it was the you know the Xbox, then the 360, then they went, then it was Xbox One. Now it's the like just like finds some sort of like why couldn't it have been like the 360 and then the 720 and you know then the 1028 and then the you know,
4: or you know Xbox One well, two three four five.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Xbox Two X. Or, Whatever. you know, yeah, Xbox
4: okay. 2019 Xbox at the end. Right.
1: Apparently, uh, they can return uh, return for a full refund to Amazon, which I did not think would be a thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, dude, Amazon is great about stuff like that. Yeah.
1: But if
4: you buy this and put it in the closet until Christmas time and you open it up on Christmas and find out it's the wrong one, is it too late to return it
0: then? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. what
1: I want... Uh, I want the Jimmy Kimmel videos for that one, Dad. You're an <laughs> asshole. It's the wrong one.
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas, Johnny. You suck, Dad.
1: Yeah, like, seriously, what a stupid name. Because I mean, yeah. I have you know, um, because my kid upstairs has the Xbox day one edition and she fried it, so she's like, I don't have Xbox anymore. I'm like, fine, you're gonna wait till Series X comes out, and then you can have my old one. So that's how things work here. Yeah, living room TV goes in the basement. And my kids get my old console. That <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. And the other thing is that right.
4: the two different models of the new Xbox are Series X and Series S, which if you say them fast, you can't tell them apart either.
0: Right. Stupid,
1: stupid. stupid. So what's the stupid deal that the guy that's playing the Mandalorian that only took his mask off once isn't playing them anymore? And who cares? He's under the mask. Is- so,
0: so this is you know it, it is a rumor, but I mean, and and so I know, like I know Randy shot something across pretty quick that says you know the the site is a little sketchy and this guy's a little sketchy, but he has been right um, about some major items in the past. Uh, so the the rumor mill says that Pedro Pascal um, got uh, pretty crappy uh, on the set of uh, during, when they were filming Mandalorian two because he wanted to uh, basically have his helmet off more and he wanted more screen time uh, because baby yoda and uh carla was you know are, are getting all of the uh the attention and the fandom and all that kind of stuff and he's this guy behind this mask well number one dipshit that's the role you took um you know i mean that's that's kind of how that goes that you know the, the the mask doesn't come off that's that's part of the character that's how it goes um so i mean but i mean realistically i don't know that we'll really know the answer to this until the episodes start dropping And we can see because, you know, part of this story is because of these conflicts. Like apparently he went to Lucas himself uh, when he came to the set one day trying to get this, you know, trying to get more screen time with his mask off and that kind of stuff. And they kicked him off the set. Um, And, you know, so they said it's like the so the rumor is the latter half of this series focuses far more on auxiliary characters, more than the Mandalorian himself. And that when episode three films, or excuse me, when season three films, he will only be a, a voice actor. He will not be the guy in the suit. He will just come in to do voice acting roles and that, the voiceover, and that's it. Um, so it'll it'll be you know, so like we really won't know if this pans out until that second half of season two drops and we see if this is real or not.
1: Doesn't he know about David Proust And he's going to be that guy, right, right? Like,
0: yeah, well, yeah, because if it's true, yeah, you're the new David Prowse, <laughs> right.
1: I don't understand the whole
4: do- you're a Mandalorian, your helmet's going to be on the whole time anyway because there are so many Mandalorians on the Clone Wars that did not wear helmets and on Rebels that did not wear helmets that the whole you're a Mandalorian, you have to wear your helmet thing just doesn't hold up.
0: Uh, so I believe that's explained by the different sect uh, that he is... I, I think that's the thing, if and I recall correctly. And that's just a silly thing they could...
4: Easily write off in the story because it wasn't a thing until this series anyway, so they could you know hand wave it away or change it in canon or something.
0: But they never do that. Why would
1: (laughs) Star Wars? They can do anything. They never do that. Um,
0: So I'm I'm curious how to. I kind of I use them every now and then. And I'm, and I'm skeptical of a third-party service, service offering this service, apparently 1Password is going to let you start storing virtual uh, one-time-use credit card numbers with them, which I assume means you have to give them your real credit card numbers, which they can then hook because, like, when I do that kind of stuff, I have to hook into my bank or I have to hook into the credit card company's website, generate the one-time-use number, and then, you know, off we go. I'm just skeptical about then giving that information to what is essentially a Google Chrome plugin to then store and keep track of my credit card information for future use.
1: What's that Bugs Bunny gift? No.
0: <laughs> well, it's uh, a partnership with privacy.com who's
4: been doing this thing for a while. Um, so and the the extension doesn't get your real credit card number. It's the it's it's just like giving your credit card to amazon.com or whatever who you're making your netflix or hulu whoever you're making the payment with anyway uh, you just give it to privacy.com and they generate the use card you get a card number that you can use only for netflix or a card number you can use only with uh, amazon.
0: Oh okay so okay so it's not like a it's not a, a true like one time use thing like i'm used to.
4: Uh, it could be one time use or it can be like a one one vendor card like okay. the card only works at netflix and, and if it gets tried to use somewhere else they'll flag it and say hey yeah, well, we're get, we got to change this card because you know it's been compromised. Whatever, yeah. Payment system got compromised and your data leaked or something like that. Yeah, interesting. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I, was, you know, I, would,
1: I use Google for I use Google for mine. I don't know.
4: I would uh, much I was, prefer that if my bank did this directly, but they don't currently. I asked them about it when I saw this story, and they—that's like, not something what we offer currently, but we'll look into it. So.
0: Interesting.
1: Again, how, how many billions of dollars is is credit card credit card theft and fraud? And you'd think they would do stupid shit like this, like one time yeah. use or MFA. You know, uh, yeah. Seriously, I don't get it. Uh, so, cost them
0: nothing. Really? Um, so, hey, what's your take on? And I love. I, I love and I hate California. I really, really do, because um, basically, whenever they do something crazy, it means the rest of the country has to adapt, just because you know it's it's part of it. Whether it's you know web use laws or privacy laws or any of that kind of crap. Um, apparently, the California governor signed a bill uh, that they're going to ban combustion engines by twenty thirty five.
1: Like driving or buying there, uh,
0: they they will ban the sale of combustion new combustion engines. By 2035, or in 2030,
1: hey, we're going on a trip to Vegas this weekend, and then the whole strip's going to be car dealerships in Vegas. bunch of it's, that's right. That's what happens when you do stupid shit like that. I mean, here's the thing: if you want to put incentives on the board and make it so it, you know, you can't force technology if it doesn't make business sense. We've, right? We've learned that over the course of our lives. You, you know, solar's great, but unless it makes Actual cotton sense, it's not going to get implemented to the level that you want it to get done. So that's great. You throw out this date, um, you know, and it's great that we want to get rid of combustion stuff. I'm fine with that too. Um, but if it doesn't make business sense, then, you know, what are you going to do? Stop air conditioning now too? Well, you know what I mean? Um, where does it end?
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, I think it's a good start. And it's 15 years, and California is such a large market that I think you know, businesses will kind of have to adapt to this or lose even more profit than not selling, uh, by not selling in California versus, you know, selling electric vehicles in California. Right. But I don't think they,
1: uh, you know what they should do? They should do like Thunderdome because everybody's pooping on the streets. They should just use that for methane and then have everything (laughs) methane powered and not shit.
0: Energy. Right. Yeah.
1: Like If we just did that, um, they could probably power half the country with all the shit in the streets.
0: That, that's only San Francisco, Bob. That's, that's, that's just...
1: <laughs> I, no, think better action,
0: just I think a better thing
4: to promote would be not having personal vehicles at all and improve public transportation infrastructure. More buses, more trains, uh, promote bikes and bike lanes, You know, things besides cars, no matter if they're combustion engine or electric.
0: Whatever, hippie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so hey, I, and actually, I didn't know that Google Drive didn't already do this, but apparently, it was it was a like a a big deal that Google Drive will start emptying things out of things that you put in trash after 30 days. Like I just assumed that's how that worked. Yeah, I no because there, but...
1: I'm setting up automate rules now. Um, my my Outlook's slow because your OST file is eight gigs because your deleted folder is seven gigs. Right? Oh shit. <laughs> So, yeah, um, <laughs> that's a thing. This um,
4: just brings back to mind stories of like, oh, I'm, you know, going over to help so and so with her computer. I'll, first thing I do is empty their trash. And I'm like, what would you do with all my files? You mean the files you had in your trash can? Yeah. So, yeah they I, I put them there because I knew
1: where they were.
0: But bye. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Once a week, you get a help desk ticket. Can you recover the file I deleted? Yeah. Like,
0: it's a thing. You know? Uh, what else we got?
4: Uh, what do you think about, about this it. new security drone? You're going to get one to fly?
0: Oh, around? dude, I can't believe I didn't bring that up. Yeah, so Ring, uh, which I have the doorbell, uh, which I friggin' love, but apparently Amazon, who now owns Ring, is releasing a, a security drone for inside your house, um, and it looks like a little T, uh, and it's got a camera on it, and you can use it to like, like, I'm, like, uh, it's creepy as hell, but I kind of want to get one to screw with the kids. Like I'm not gonna lie. Um, it yeah, but like it'll you know it, it charges uh, on its little base, and and the camera is off when it's on the base. Um. <laughs> yeah, but then you or can it's
4: physically down inside the base.
0: Yeah, so then you can tell it to like take a lap around the house, or you know, go see if you left the oven on. Go see if you left, you know, whatever. You know, go see what that noise was. That kind of stuff. um I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by it, and it's going to. They're going to. They're only two hundred and fifty bucks.
4: I can see this maybe for like a, if you had. Go oh ahead. Good.
1: No, if you had intruders, and like that thing went nose to nose with an intruder. <laughs> and then turn the camera like that. To me, that's the only time it would be worth it to have it. Otherwise, I don't want that thing near me.
0: Oh yeah, oh that, I think that would be amazing if you've got like a break in in the house and all of a sudden there's a drone sitting in the- like it's, like And it's and it's not like it's not super big, but like I, I've got there's got to be you've got to be able to mount like either like dumb like the old like <laughs> like the 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 Boba Fett firing rockets or something like that on it, which I think would be amazing. <laughs>
1: I think oh, the um... funny just. The-
0: A more
4: compelling use, maybe, would be like a second property. Instead of having to travel two hours to go check on your cabin by the lake, just get one of these and have my lap to to inspect.
0: Or even just, you know, even if you're gone on, you know, you're gone on vacation, you know, and then there's nobody in the house, you know, for a week or whatever, you know, use that to be able to check up on things, that kind of thing.
1: I thought the Roomba was going to be stupid, and obviously, that's a thing.
0: uh, No, that actually, they actually made an impressive comeback. I, I got to give them credit.
1: Well, it was dead on the vine, and now yeah, I, you know I don't know anyone that actually has one, but I there's still you can still buy one at Target, which means that they still sell.
2: Yeah.
0: I think those were all the so big I, ones I had.
1: Chain. Yeah, Lions. Lions won. Who cares? Um, the football. Watching playoff playoff hockey like the fanless.
0: Uh, uh, oh, dude! Shout out. Speaking of South Park. I love the fact that the Broncos, you know, a lot of stadiums are doing like the cardboard cutouts and that kind of stuff. Apparently, the Denver Broncos filled the stadium with every single character from South Park, like even the minor, like even the characters you've seen. And that was just amazing to me. It was hands down one of the best things I've ever seen. I loved all the photos. I thought that was just amazing that they did that. It was
1: hilarious. They all had masks on. Yep. They weren't just the characters. It was, you know, the. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, hats off to whoever pulled that together.
1: Well, and that's the funny thing everybody's paying $150, and then they do the quick pan of the field goal, and it's like, hey, there's, you can't see anything. It's not like, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. All right. Well, hey, is this wrapping us up? Sounds
4: right,
1: good. Yeah, we're going to wrap things up. This episode 367 of the IT the D show. On behalf of uh, Bob, Dave, and Randy, do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive, careful, and bait it.
2: All right, Claire.